0: Good morning, Black Jack. It's an honor to be here, a privilege. I love this man. Before I get started, and he threw a fit, but I don't care. If you learn to know me some, you'll know. I don't ask permission from him a lot. Uh, And he didn't pay me to say this. actually fussed because I was going to. I'm going to tell you something before I get started. I've had the privilege of working with you 31 years since I was a youth. I've been all over the country hearing the greatest youth speakers they're supposed to be. Louis Giglio, the Chan guy, Francis, whatever, and he's probably not as good as Louis, but I'm, I, I say this in complete sincerity, I would put him in the top five I've ever heard in my life, I love this man, he blows my mind on a daily basis from the scripture he gave a while ago, go just off the cuff, that goes perfectly with what God gave me, I feel, if you don't know what you got, you got a blessing out of this world. Um, I don't know anybody here, so this you can't say who was talking to me this time. I know Mr. Will and Miss Sharon a little bit, and Drake and Jesse. Where's Jesse? She's not cat to me. I'm not confused. I don't have Alzheimer's. Her name's Jesse. I'll never call her cat or Catherine. There's a story behind that. See me later. A little bit. We're going to talk about something that makes most people uncomfortable. Uh, I speak to youth all the time, but this makes senior citizens down to 10-year-olds uncomfortable. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. I don't want you scared yet. Uh, It's a topic that makes most people uneasy. Um, One of the number one fears in the world, they say, I think number three in the world, the first one's death for most people, Uh, number three is speaking in a crowd. And that kind of goes along with what we're going to talk about, and you'll see in just a second. If the good Lord's willing, though, I'm about to give you four words That's going to change your life for the better if you follow them. It's actually a command from God. I'm going to break it down to four simple words. Mr. Will said he liked simple in Sunday school. Where's he at? Is he gone? Real simple. If you follow these words, I promise you this. I promise. It will change your life immensely. And it will even change the life of everyone around you. Almost everyone. I promise. I promise. Those words are this. Love God, love people. Command from God, straight from God. Let's talk about this. I'm a numbers person. Let me give give you some statistics before we get on these verses. And for some reason, my electronic device was acting crazy and it wouldn't let me copy and paste this, so i got to go to another one. 53% of Americans say churches in their community were helpful during the pandemic. That's the last two years or so. 53%. I'm not going to fuss much about that. Yay to the ones that did. That's great. We're going to talk more today about literally speaking to people about Christ. But we're going to get to something important here in a minute. 69%. I'm going to say this is false, and I'll tell you one in a second. 69% of evangelicals look for opportunities to tell someone about Christ. Does that sound Right. (laughs) If they're an evangelical, what are they doing? They're telling people about Christ, right? So that's bogus, but that's what our great internet tells us from studies. So that tells me 31% of these people are fake. I'm going to just say it, okay? They're not evangelical. Evangelical means you're evangelizing, right? In and of itself, though, that's sad. Listen to this, Drake. 39% of Americans believe pastors are honest. That's not good. (laughs) That's really not good. That means we got some crooks out there, right? (laughs) Three, this we're getting to where our lesson's going to be today. Three in ten unchurched Americans say a Christian has shared the gospel with them. Three out of ten people say a Christian took the time out of their wonderfully busy life to tell me about Jesus. Here's Here's the worst one that we need to be focused on and go out and change the world here. 100% of people that die without Jesus go to hell. 100%. All right. Let's get on our lesson. Let's get in some scripture. Who, who would you say, somebody tell me who you think, who you would think would be the greatest, other than Jesus, evangelist or missionary in the Bible. Who's your favorite? Who's the, who would you say is top? Paul, I knew that was coming. Glad you said that. Let's hear what Paul says for a second. In 1 Corinthians 1. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. That's us. Under the Jews a stumbling block, and under the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. What is one of our number one commands from Christ concerning witnessing? You ought to know it by heart, I hope. It's in Matthew, that's the hint. It's at the end of 28, that's another hint. Somebody want to tell us? Huh? And do what? Preach the gospel. I'm going to make this super simple, I hope. Let me say this first. If you just got saved last week, I'm not really harping to you right this minute. But don't stay in that week, okay? You need to be getting here. If you're not saved, obviously this is not for you. You can't share what you don't have yet, correct? If you're not saved, I hope and pray you don't leave here. I hope and pray that you're absolutely miserable and you can't even enjoy a glass of sweet tea until you beg Jesus Christ to be your Savior. If that seems mean, mean on me. It's because I love you. Let's read it. Matthew 28. Listen, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, and this is in red. I've got it even in red on here. Jesus talking. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. This thing's too short. (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> too short, I can't see it. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. That nervousness may be welling up in you when I say witnessing. I've dealt with youth mostly, I have preached a pretty good bit, but mostly youth and they get sweaty, shake, some adults do it, probably most adults do it, witnessing, oh my goodness, I don't know what to say. Here's, here's some things I hear. I've heard many times, actually. I don't know any Bible verses, Brother Luke, to tell them. Okay, that's a whole other sermon. If God asks me back here, I'll get, we can get on that one, too. Why don't you know any Bible verses to give them? Again, if you've been saved a week, you can go ahead and start. But if you've been saved 20, 30 years, one year, and you don't know a Bible verse, what's, what's the number one Bible verse you can tell them? Thank you. If you don't know John three sixteen, he's going to have a Bible study. Sometime soon, and you're going to learn that, I guess. Need to. I don't know any Bible verses, tell them. I get nervous and forget about what I know to say. That That is almost acceptable. I literally have seen people that were biblical knowledge icons, and when they get in front of a person, they lose it. They shake. They they literally sweat on the back of their hands, and they're like, I, 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 I. I'm going I'm to tell you this before we go any further. I tell my youth this all the time. And this is going to sound silly. You probably never heard it. But this is, you need to know this. If you flip out and lose every memory you've ever had and you are in a situation where someone, God has told you to speak to that person about Christ. And you're like, I just lost, I don't even know my last name. God, I'm sorry. Never, ever, ever leave that situation walked off like this. Uh uh. oh. Uh. Because what just happened to that person? If God put them in that situation to hear something from you and you walk off and just or run off, what did, what did Satan just do? He put another brick. Oh, thank you. Thank you, brother. Now I'm going to make her doubt because this is what they're going to think. This person runs around with a WWJD t-shirt and bracelet, earrings, necklace, and hat and they claim they love Christ and they don't even know one word to tell me. I don't need that. That's what Satan's putting in their heart. And another block. And it's going to be that much harder for somebody to come along behind you where you messed up and just ran. Here's what, here's what you can say. And you may think, oh, i would never say that to a person. I promise it's better than running away. Say, look, just be honest. I, I, I'm scared to death. I, I, I truly, I love Christ and I love you and I want to tell you about Christ. I, I'm freaking out. If you'll give me 30 seconds, I'll call my preacher, Drake. Or I'll call somebody in my family, somebody in this church. I don't know y'all spiritually. And look, they can walk us through it. Or please, I'll, I will go home and study. If you're going to see them again, somebody you work with or something you see regularly, I will go home and study tonight and I'll write it down just in case I freak out again and we'll we will read it. Do not leave them with, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I've lost everything in my mind, okay? It will offend someone. This one I love. Oh my goodness. I talked to Mr. Will this week about this. I don't want to offend anybody and make them think I'm better than them. Listen to me. I watched a woman, I promise you this happened. I'm not gonna say the church. I watched a woman that was she literally, I'm not picking, she had blue hair. She said, and that where Jesse is every Sunday. This couple in their probably 40s came in and sat there. I knew what was fixing to go down. She crawled up there. Excuse me, you in my seat. We don't care about offending anybody in any other realm. If they cut us off in traffic, what are we thinking? I'm fixing to shoot their windows out, some of y'all. Some of them us. <laughs> I'm going to run them off the road. Who do they think they are? Oh, we don't want to offend them. Tell them about Jesus. Get real. God knows the truth. You don't have to prove the truth to me. Let's get off that excuse. And quit worrying about it. Listen, you're going to love them into hell? That's the question. I don't want to offend them. I want to love them. Are you going to love them and let them go to hell? That was scripture he read. I do not understand how a Christian can feel what you feel when you hear that and have experience in your heart of the blood that Jesus gave for you for that to happen and not share it. It blows my mind. It blows me away. And if we don't know scripture and these some of these other excuses, I don't know what to say. What do we need to do if we don't know scripture? It's simple. Oh my goodness! We had a preacher. I, I don't. I wish I knew his name. I tell you, but he made me so mad. I don't want to know his name. He came and visited our church about two and a half years ago. He's from Natchez, young guy. I wish I knew his name. I tell you, I put it on. I better not put it on Facebook. He literally said these words, and she can tell you. It, she had to hold my shoulder down to keep me standing up and going up there. He said, "I try to read." At least a verse a day. I looked at her and said, What did he say? I read a verse. I try to read a verse a day. This is a preacher now coming to look for our church to look at him. It was everything in me and Melanie holding my shoulder to not go up there and say, Get your tail out of here. What are you doing here? One verse a day. Oh, my goodness. My, my goodness. Here we go. I'm sorry. I've got a passion for Christ. And yes, some of you that know me, I have a passionate ball games. I've had referees say, "How can I escort you out of here?" Yes, I admit. And sometimes, unfortunately, I've said, "Well, why don't you come back in and try it, big boy?" I'm sorry. Yes, I've sinned. (laughs) Here, what Paul said is simple. Let's get back to what Paul said, and off my off my mouth. I preach Christ crucified. I preach the gospel. What's the gospel? Somebody give me the gospel super quick, easy. He said it earlier. Jesus what? Jesus lived a perfect life, then he what? Then he what? Then what? Three things. Guys, it's simple. If you can't learn that, I ain't going to say nothing. I don't know you good enough yet. It's three things. Look, if I can't remember it, guess what? Get a tattoo. I'm just playing. Good gravy. I'm playing. You don't have to get a tattoo get a bracelet, get a shirt, get a hat. I know, put it on this thing that's physically, surgically attached to our skin. Some notes on the front page. Jesus was perfect. He died. He rose again for you and for my sorry self. That's all you got to tell. Paul just told you, Paul, y'all just told me you thought Paul was the greatest missionary to ever lived, right? And Paul's saying, where are all these genius doctors that know all this stuff? This is all we do. We preach Christ crucified. You don't need to do anything else. This is a hard commercial for a preacher that you pay. <laughs> what do we need that for? Paul went everywhere and said, look, Paul wasn't staying 10 years at a, in a town or a temple and was saying, let me love on you. Even though you sin like crazy, you may make it. No, Paul went everywhere and said what? I promise it didn't take him three weeks at one place to say, look, let me tell you this. Jesus was perfect. He died and he rose again. That's all I got to tell you. Where's the next town? He's looking at somebody. Where are where we got to be? Where, where's the next village? It's super simple. And here's another thing if you can't even remember that. And if you don't have this, you need to pray to receive Christ. Your testimony. That's one of the greatest witnessing tools there is. What's my testimony? This is simple. Three things. I was this. Jesus did this. And now I'm I'm not perfect. I'm not better than the person I'm talking to. But now I'm on a traveling way to chase God and get better. I don't know your story. Yours may be, I was pimping out 40 women and selling crack and killing people. Or it may be, I grew up in church, but I was lost just the same. The story's the same. We're in darkness until we get Jesus' blood. It's the same. Whether you've got a story that wiles people some people tell me oh their testimony is so great because I'm talking about I've had some people that was like done some hard prison time for some hard reasons come talk and give their testimony and I wonder really, really though and it's, it's sometimes it's, it's motivational to hear what they came from these deep dark dregs but really what about the person that Christ held them out of all that for 10, 15, 20 years I think that's an awesome story a lot of the people that were like that that grew up in church are like, I don't want to give my testimony. Nobody's going to care. I mean, I was in church my whole life. I just was at camp one day. and No, that's, that's an awesome testimony. Christ kept you from having to go through all that trash that some of these did to get it. Either way, it's beautiful. If you can't remember Scripture and you can't remember the gospel, give them your testimony. And another thing that does, when you give somebody your testimony, you're, sharing, you're already sitting there talking to them. You're sharing your life with them. Well, that opens them up to listen, okay? And be all the time thinking. Everywhere we go, we need to be thinking. When you, when you ride by a sign, you need to think. If I was standing by somebody in front of that sign, what? how would I lead the conversation to cry? I go to somebody's house, there's a bass on the wall. They're talking. I'm trying to ease into it, not jump on them hard and fast, unless God says jump hard and fast. I don't know, let's say, oh, you like fishing? You know somebody else who likes fishing? Peter. You know what God said he was going to do with Peter? He's going to make him a fisher of men. You ever thought about that? Is that somewhere in your life? Just any way? This ought to be in our minds constantly if we're saved, guys. How can I turn whatever I'm doing? I don't care what it is. How can I turn work, school, play, all my hobbies, all the time in the day? How can I turn that to talk to somebody about Christ? If you're not, you're missing one of our main commands is to tell people this beautiful story he read in Scripture of what Jesus did for us. I don't know how we can go without sharing that. We will tell, we will spend an hour talking about the last movie on Netflix. It blows me away. And I, I'm a movie crazy person. I love movies. I wish I could make them. I'm a movie crazy person. But if I'm spending my, all my time in a conversation with somebody telling them about a movie that means absolutely nothing, unless it's the Passion or the Chosen Show and I'm not telling about Christ what am I doing with the time God gave me I'm not saying don't watch movies my goodness I'm not saying don't have fun but I have fun talking to people about Christ on a regular basis every time let me tell you this secret every time I talk to somebody about Christ and sometimes I'm nervous still I get nervous depending on who it is and where we are I'm like God I don't think that's what you meant he's like boy what did I say Talk to that person. I get nervous sometimes still. But I promise every single time I walk away from that situation, you know what I feel? Yes. Fulfilled. Do you know why? Because when we're born, there's a hole in the middle of us. Every single one of you. Whether you're saved yet or not. And you know the only thing that's going to fill it and satisfy you? You can try to fill it with all kinds of stuff. But there's only one thing that's going to fill it that's going to bring you joy. What is that? Living for Christ who made you. Christ made you. And he made you with a void God did in the middle of you. That will only be filled with Christ to satisfy you truly. You can try drugs. You can try money. You can try fame, fortune. Look at some of our, let's name some of our people that were famous and made it. Elvis Presley, oh my goodness. One of the most beautiful looking human beings. I'm not weird. He was a beautiful person. If you think that's weird, You whatever. His voice was amazing. Everybody loved him. Good grief, there's people that still go to his house every year. Oh my goodness, at Christmas. What happened to him? What did he do at the end? And he sang gospel music, by the way, son. What happened to Elvis? How did he die? Overdose. My goodness. Some of you may get funny when I say this one. I actually love most of his music. Oh, Jimi Hendrix, overdosed at 27, I think, 30-something. Janis Joplin, back in some of the older people's era. Did she overdose? Isn't that how she died? These people have money, fame, fortune. God bless them with wonderful talent. Oh, the owner of Walmart. What happened to him? Sam Walton. Anybody know? Anybody know?
1: <laughs> Melly's
0: over there hollering something. Oh, by the way, a brief commercial. My wife doesn't even know y'all, and she put in a blessing for you as soon as I stopped that car in her loving support. <laughs> she goes, Not, honey, I'm praying for your sermon today. <laughs> She's looking out for y'all. Wish you the best. Love you. She said, Do you have your watch? And did I put it on the big numbers? Yes, baby. And I put my phone on screen on all the time. I got in a little trouble the last time I preached, and two people left to go eat lunch at 12.20. (laughs) She's looking out for y'all. Drake told me had since I drove two hours to get here, Drake said, I had two and a half, three hours, so no worries. Thank you, bud. (laughs) Guys, we got the greatest gift in the world. And we're at Christmas, by the way. I'm a huge Christmas person. We put up our tree. What day, darlings? November the first. Day after Halloween. Too much chagrin to some of them people, I don't care. November the first. Anyway. We got the greatest gift in the world. Why are we not sharing it? I don't I don't understand it. We're not being shot at in America yet for sharing it. We're not being in prison yet. Well, there have been a very few cases of Preachers being put in jail, but very few. Why are we not sharing his gift? I don't understand it. And you may be. Look, if I'm not talking to you, praise the Lord. I hope if you're talking to people every day, praise the Lord. Thank you for your wonderful service. But I know people pretty good. I've been around a pretty good while. And most people I know, they hadn't talked to 10 people about Christ in their life. I don't care if they're 50 or 80. Well, I just hadn't been led, I hadn't heard from God. Well, let me ask you this. And that may be true. If you hadn't heard from God, wonder why that is. You ever wonder why God's not speaking to me? Paul and the people in the Bible say God talked to them. I've never heard. That preacher up there is crazy. I ain't never heard that. Reckon why? Do you think God's changed? Has God ever changed somebody? God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't change. It's us that's different from Paul and Peter, right? I'm talking to myself, too. I haven't heard, I think maybe one time, I'll confess this, I think one time in my life I heard like a literal, almost audible voice from God. And I'm not sure it was then. I'm real funny about saying God told me this. The Bible speaks about that. You'll usually hear me say, I'm pretty sure God told me this. I feel that God told me this, but I won't say unless I know, no, no, I heard a voice from God. However, back to the subject. Why is is God not talking to you if if that's your excuse? Well, God didn't tell me to speak to anybody about Christ. Let me give you a few things that could be. Well, I'm not close enough to Christ to hear from him. Or God's been watching me, and he knows if I talk to that person, it's going to go the wrong way. None of these are good. God gives faith. I heard a, a, a preaching from Adrian Rogers. I love Adrian Rogers. I still listen to him on podcast, even though he's left to be with the Lord. I love him. Love to hear him. He makes it pretty simple for people like me. He said he's talked about where the Bible says from faith to faith. God gives us some. You use it. God gives you more. You use it to serve him. God gives you more. Maybe that's why we're not hearing from God every day like some of the ones in the Bible because we're not using the little bit he gave us to start with. Okay we got we to gotta share this guys. This is amazing. This gift I, there's nothing I could say and I've feel like I'm a pretty good writer. I love to write. I feel like I'm pretty creative, but I can't. there's no words I can tell you to describe how beautiful this is that we're not sharing. Or human words can't really describe the awesomeness of, of Christ's blood, but yet we, we sit on it. And praise the Lord, I'm glad you're saved. Thank God for saving me. And I love knowledge. I love being in the Word. What good is that knowledge doing to me if I'm soaking in knowledge all the time and I'm holding it? What good is that? Oh well, I can tell everybody I know the Bible, and I can get in a debate and sound like a smart person. Who cares? It's to share. What do they say about love? Love's not love till what? That's a song I think, old hippie song. Nobody knows that love's not love till you give it away. That's true. It's not love till you give it away. Why are we not sharing this amazing, beautiful gift? And if you are again, I'm. Thank you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to myself. While I'm talking to some of you, I'm not telling somebody every single day. I got all kinds of excuses. Oh, I'm busy. God, you know, this is this is a, this is an excuse I tell myself all the time. <laughs> well, God's going to give me more time with that person. I'm developing a relationship where I can just it'll be smooth, and that's good if that's what. You, if God told you that, if God, let, here's the thing. Does anybody in here raise your hand? Think this word's wrong? The Bible. Does anybody in here think there's anything wrong in this Bible that's ever been said? Okay. He told us what? Love God, love people. And what the brother here said, share it, right? He talked about in Sunday school, we're going to do our plan or God's plan. Let me just tell you something. I can tell you the end. If you do your plan, the end's going to suck. I can promise you, quit wasting time. If you do God's plan, it may be rough on this earth. It's not going to be roses. All these preachers on TV, I don't mind naming them. I heard this. What's this dude's name? Jesse DuPlanis. He ain't hearing me anyway. He don't care about me. He makes twenty million dollars a week. He said, "I ain't never been sick a day in my life. It's because I'm a Christian." Folks I ain't never had a cold. No, that's not true. He meant I've never been sick, but it ain't because he's a Christian. If you go to church and you get saved, Osteen. What's the Joel Osteen? Oh my goodness, you gonna have yachts and that's not biblical, guys. The Bible says it's gonna be hard. Jesus said, "If you chase me, what the world's gonna what?" Somebody tell me. The world's going to hate your guts. It don't say guts, but that's what I say. If you're chasing Christ, look, I tell the kids all the time and the youth, if everywhere you go, everybody loves you at school, guess what? You probably ain't living for Christ like you should be because the world doesn't. That's the hard truth. I'm sorry. That's that's truth. If when you walk out at recess and all the youth your age come up, oh, there's, there's old Hannah, oh, What's probably happening, Hannah probably ain't living like she should because she ain't telling them, hey, look, I like you, but these things you're doing, I can't deal with it. I'll pray for you. I'm sorry. Hard truth, guys. Why are we not sharing this gift? I'm not one to call people to the altar. I'm not going to tell you anything you need to do other than what the Bible's already told you here to chase Christ, and to share it. However, if we're struggling with this, I'm going to say, this this blows my mind, I'm just going to say this. Every week at my church, and I've wondered this for other churches, 30, 35 years, the preachers will say, oh, I feel like you need to come to the front if you've had a rough week and you haven't lived out your life for Christ. If there's anything in your life that needs repentance, I'm like, did he talking about for a week long? Dude, I was I sinned this morning is what I'm usually thinking when they say it. I got mad with her. This is just an example. I didn't get mad today, I don't think. <laughs> I argue with her about where we eating. Dude, why is the altar? Why is everybody in this church not at the altar? I think that all the time. And about once a quarter, other than me, I go all the time, and I know they're thinking, why are we paying this dude? This has got to be the worst sinner we've ever seen. He's got holes in his knees on his britches from going down the altar. I don't care what they think. You shouldn't either. But I wonder all the time, if we're supposed to repent and be broken at this altar, and it's not a thing to say, look at me, I'm better than everybody. Actually, it's embarrassing for most people because they're like me. They're like, they must think I'm killing people or something and eating them. But I think all the time, why is not everybody here that's a Christian not down here? If they went all week long without sinning, does, does anybody else ever think that? We're to repent and to show others, hey, I'm not ashamed that I'm repenting because I love Christ. I don't care what you think. I, I want you to know that I love Christ. I don't care if you think, oh, he's a crazy sinner. He went down there four times this month. Nobody, you shouldn't be thinking that. And listen, here's another thing. If there's anybody in a church that's upset because you're following Christ, who cares? <laughs> really, let's be honest. If they're mad because you're down here following Christ on the altar doing anything to follow Christ, who cares if they're mad? They're not looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. If it in any way bothers them, that you're serving Christ in any way. Do what God tells you to do. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I'm out of notes. And I know it's 1154, Melanie. <laughs> I'm out of notes. I'm looking at two, three things. I went to this camp, boys camp, Central Hills Is that the boys camp. And we, looked, we were looking at a youth guy from Monticello Baptist Church. And they like, go up there, I drove the bus in. They like, go watch this dude and see what you think. This ain't got nothing to do with him. Jeremy Byrne, Decent guy. There was a little bitty dude playing a guitar about this tall. Swole up, muscled up. He came up to me, wanted to hug me. He's like, Hey, Luke. I'm like, Hey guy. He knew me, I guess. He said, I played football at Coleman when you were there, I was like, Oh yeah, I didn't have a clue who he was. Guess that was dishonest, yes, I'm sorry. Sinned again. He got up there and started singing. He said, I'm going to tell y'all guys something before I start singing. He said, I was at this church, at this revival. He's strumming along a little bit. I don't, I don't know his name. I didn't know him then. I don't never remember anyway. That's not important. What's important is what he said. He said, I was on the second pew in the middle of this revival. And he was talking about doing what God said. And he said, most people weren't raising their hands because it was Baptist. Let's, let's just be honest. Baptist looking around like, dude, what's wrong with that dude? He got hairspray for deodorant. Why is his arms up? Y'all catch that? (laughs) He said, God said, get on the floor and do 50 push-ups right between the aisles. And he's like, God didn't say that. So he said, I stuck my arms up higher to show God I'm here, but 50 push-ups, come on, God. So I got more in worship in my mind for God, but the 50 push-ups, there's no way God told me that. He said, I kept going on to the next verse, trying to, Worship out what I just heard. Squeeze my eyes, and God said, I said, do 50 push ups right where you are. He's like, I looked around. He's like, hmm. drop down. Boom. He started doing it, throwing push ups. And oh, you're thinking, this dude, why is he here? Get him out of here, Drake. Hang with me. There was a 70 something year old man at that revival, a farmer with his wife. He'd never darkened the doors of a church one day in his life. His wife was a faithful servant of Christ, begging him their whole married life, he would not come to church. Tuesday morning, pastor's in his office. He hears this. Hey, preach. Got a minute? Come on in, farmer dude. I don't know his name. I don't remember. Not important. He's rubbing his pants. Standing in front of the preacher's desk. He's like, what's wrong, bud? Sit down, have a seat. He sits down. He said, look, I don't know nothing about all this stuff. He said, but I know I need to, need to get with you. He said, what's what's the deal? He said, I don't know what it means to God to talk to you. I don't know what any of that stuff means about the altar. I ain't real sure why I'm supposed to go down there. He said, but I felt like God, and I don't even know how, told me to go to that altar Tuesday night. And he said, i tell you what, God. He said, if you want me to go to that altar, let somebody drop and do push-ups before the song's over. He says, I don't know what it means, but whatever you got, I need it. Let's go. And that man's life was changed forever because some weird little dude that I don't even know that acted like we were besties dropped down and done one of the craziest things that I've ever heard of in my life at a church service. That guy's eternity was sealed in that second when that dude said, I'm going to do what God says. I don't care what they think. We need to do what God says. We need to share the gospel. And we need to love folks. I'm done. Jump on it, buddy. Thank you.